Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line for us, Michael Goodwin. He's a New York Post columnist, a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. Welcome back to Cats at Night. I know you have a lot to say about this election, don't you, Michael Goodwin? <laughs> Thanks, Lydia. Uh, I, everybody seems to, right? I mean, you have, you have the country split almost exactly in half, as though somebody just took a knife and drew it right down the middle, and you got a 50-50 country, it looks like. One uh, uh, narrow win for in the Senate for Democrats and probably a narrow win for Republicans in the House. So you have a split of governor's races uh, across the country. So it's a very divided country, literally and figuratively. Where do you think the red wave went wrong? I don't know. I'm not sure it ever existed. Um, I, I think that some of the polls may have been uh, too generous in some cases. I think there were polls are always based in part on past performance, on expectation as a, who will turn out in what numbers. Um, I think, for example, Lee Zeldin in New York, the polls were basically right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they said he would you know lose by single digits, and he lost by what five and a half, five point seven, something like that. Adams uh, would win four, three or four of the House seats, which they did. So uh, or new House seats. So I, I think in general the polls when they're when they're showing this kind of closeness as they did in the city and state and also nationally. Uh, you know, you get some late-breaking movements that the polls can't really pick up over a weekend or whatever. So I, I don't fault the polls. I think that they were swinging back and forth throughout the summer and into the fall. So I, I'm not shocked that it ended up this way. So, so in other words, and Peter, I'll go to defer to you after. Are we saying that there was no red wave and, and we just made it up? No I, th- no, I think the polls at one point showed that. Uh, but it also showed that a lot of races were very close. And that's where I think, you you know, the, the predictive value uh, begins to wear away that, you know, a late break uh, of a point, even a couple of points over the last three or four days is going to be very hard to pick up. And with the country so evenly divided, it really does matter in the end who comes out. And uh, obviously, Democrats did did well in the key states to hold on to the Senate. But, you know, as I say, you had the surprises, you, you know, in the sense that uh, Republicans picked up House seats where in New York and some other blue states that uh, nobody was really thought could happen for a while. So I, I look, I'm, I'm disappointed. I wish it had been more of a red wave. I thought it would be uh, earlier uh, in the week, but it didn't work out that way. And so I think it's sort of within the margin of error. We have to be say that the polls were more or less, you know, about where it ended up. Yeah, Michael, this is uh, Pete King. Always great talking with you. Uh, You know, the unknown factor in all these polls is trying to estimate what the enthusiasm level is. And I think the reason why pollsters sided with the Republicans this time is they thought there was so much anti-Biden sentiment. The country was in such bad shape, like 55 percent of the people say the country is going in the wrong direction. And usually that means the energy level would be with the party out of power. It just didn't happen. And again, I'm putting my own bias in here. I, I, I lay a lot of the blame at the feet of Donald Trump for that. Well, yes, we, we agree. I think uh, candidates 
particular. But uh, uh, Michael Goodwin, can you repeat that? We're just having a little bit of a technical difficulty hearing you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that it's important when we're when we're pinning the tail on Trump to also focus very specifically on what it is he did wrong. And I believe it is this claim that the 2020 election was stolen that he makes that a litmus test for the people he endorses. That is a heavy burden, especially in swing states like Arizona, uh, like Nevada, uh, like Georgia. And so I think in Pennsylvania, of course, too. And so you get these candidates for whom that is the most important thing about them. They agree with him on that. So you get a Mastriano in Pennsylvania winning the governor's primary uh, and being a terrible candidate and pulling down uh, Mehmet Oz, who was not a great candidate, but should have won. But when you have the top of the ticket getting 42 percent, and I would just say quickly, too, uh, Trump doesn't help those people once he endorses them. He doesn't help them with money. He has tons of money. He doesn't use it. It's, it's really all about him and his fixation on 2020, and it's a burden on a lot of these candidates. And, Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. What happened was Trump did worse than that because he engaged in a civil war against McConnell. Instead of having a joint venture to elect Republicans to the United States Senate, he fought him every step of the way. Yes, and, and I have to say, too, that uh, his reaction to, to uh, Ron DeSantis's win, mm. I, I found especially repulsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been happy if DeSantis lost. Mm-hmm. That would have eliminated DeSantis as a competitor. And so I think Trump, he does, you know, he only plays for himself. He's not a team player. And that's a very tough burden on the party. And uh, Richard, you're right about uh, McConnell. I mean, the slurring of McConnell's wife, uh, the, the Youngkin reference to sounds Chinese. I mean, these are really beyond the pale. And Trump just hasn't learned. I think his, his endorsement in too many cases turns out to be a burden rather than a help. I said to... Uh to Bill O'Reilly, that Trump lost 2018, 2020, and 2022. And uh, O'Reilly disagreed with respect to 2022. What do you say? Well, look, I think he lost some key Senate races. I don't don't know how far you can extend it, but I would certainly say uh, Oz, uh, Republicans should have held the Pennsylvania Senate seat. They lost that. That is a big, big issue. And they could have won New Hampshire, too. Maggie Hassan was very vulnerable. A lot of people think that. Uh, in the end, Bulldog got blown out by what nine points or something. Uh, Big number. You, you had, you, and you had Arizona. You had uh, Nevada. All of these were particular uh, p- possible pickups. Georgia certainly <clears throat> a possible pickup. Uh, so far, none of them. Right, not a single one, and now just fighting to keep it fifty-fifty with the Herschel Walker runoff. What so, went wrong in Arizona, uh, Michael? Uh, I think Arizona is, you know, you, you look, John, you look at sort of the history of these states. Arizona has always been something of a peculiar red state. Uh, it, you know, the John McCain, the maverick, the kind of frontier spirit of a lot of what goes on in Arizona. I think that uh, uh, Carrie Lake and Blake Masters uh, were just not I mean, they were good candidates. Again, the Trump requirement that they agree that the 2020 election was stolen, I think, just puts a burden. People look, the people of Arizona 
don't want to think most people in Arizona don't want to think that their state is corrupt in the way it counted the votes in 2020. But Bill, all that, uh, uh, Michael, all, all that their governor, Governor Ducey, was corrupt because that's what Trump was saying, that uh, Ducey was in on, on the fix with the election. And he was very oh, popular. Yeah. Among so, the so, the, so the McCain, the old McCain people went against them. And also the Governor Ducey people. But is there 200,000? I heard there was 200,000 votes are still counting? Uh, in Arizona? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Well, the Cary Lake, Cary Lake, I think, has not been called. Is that correct? The governor? Yeah, they're still waiting on that. Yeah. 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 So so there are some definitely some outstanding votes. But Blake Masters apparently is not close enough. So that it doesn't matter. In did, the they, did, did he did Blake Masters concede? Yes. He did. Okay. What I, about what about Nevada? Is there could be a recount with respect to Lexall? There probably will be. But that that's an unlikely. I mean, when you have a kind of projection that that goes so solidly also don't forget they, the the uh, uh, across the spectrum now this looks like it's final i mean i i i stand to be corrected if suddenly they find uh, 50,000 votes somewhere and, but we got about like 30 that. seconds left and, and i understand uh, from bill o'reilly that was just <laughs> on that uh, uh, in california they're very slow on on uh, adding up the votes it's unbelievable, John. I, I, I look today, the post ran a graphic. A lot of the seats in California, the uh, outstanding seats, they've only counted 50% of the yeah. uh, votes as of yesterday. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't, crazy. Yeah, it's got to be fixed. I mean, this, is a, this is raises suspicions, and it's an invitation to cheat. Mm. 100%. Michael Goodwin, thank you so much for telling the American people the truth, and God bless you, and, and thank you uh, for New York Post. Thank you. Thank you, John. Let's go to Lou Dobbs right now and see what he has to say. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.